How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Good morning and welcome to The Morning Beat. Thank you so much for hanging out with us on this Tuesday morning. We're super excited to have you here with us. Michaela Gordon is still recording from Las Vegas. Uh, She's taking care of some family matters there, but she's ready and raring to go, aren't you, Michaela? How are you? That's right, baby. I am here. I am queer. We're mm. still here. We're making it happen on a, on a Tuesday. <laughs> I thought you were going to tell me to get used to it. Uh, we're here. We're queer. Get used to it, people. Uh, big, big day on the show today. It is Tuesday, and you know what that means. We're sleepy, but we're going to have fun. Anything can happen on a Tuesday. That's the great thing about coming into work a little bit sleepy. It's our sleep. Yeah, it's our sleepy day, and it turns out to be our wild day sometimes. So uh, going to be a fun show today. Lots and lots of Emmys history made last night. We're going to be recapping all morning long. Uh, did you watch any of the Emmys this year? You know, I didn't, but I caught the recaps, and everybody looked gorgeous. Mm, I will say, I will say, I watched every minute, and it's the first award show since the entire pandemic began that I watched and thoroughly enjoyed like it gave me a little bit of a, a yeah, little... i feel like it was like old school award show people loving it, it so much yes and no it was and it wasn't i will say it's so interesting because television has changed so much and just the fact that they're airing an award show like this on nbc when they barely have anybody nominated because it's all like Apple Plus and Hulu and and Amazon Prime and Netflix and everybody else being nominated, they poked fun at it a bit. They paid homage to the history of television a bit. And it's the first show, I think what I liked about it so much was that it was the first show that was super diverse and inclusive without it seeming like they're saying, hi, we're trying to be diverse and inclusive. Like just in the nominees, the acceptance speeches, it was a little bit of everything. Like you had your Michael Keaton moment and your Gene Smart moments because they're icons. But then you had your Lizzo moment and you had uh, Bartlett Murray, the the guy from White Lotus gay guy who said that, you know, he never thought this would happen in his career. Cheryl Lee Ralph from Abbott Elementary. She's been an icon forever. And honey, she got up there and she sang her face off. Just a whole lots, to, lots to cover today. It was a really, really fantastic show. And like I personally, I, I, I almost feel like the Emmys now are bigger than the Oscars in some way because yeah, I feel the like- energy felt like that last night. All the looks, everybody mm-hmm. posting. I will say, I had a lot of friends that were uh, nominated to uh, win an Emmy, and they. <clears throat> the the energy, their vibe, their glam 
was really just on point mm-hmm. and they were excited. It, it it felt like kind of an old school award show. I will say a special shout out to a couple of members of our community. Uh, Brian Javar, who is uh, dating a good friend of mine. He's a stylist, a celebrity stylist, and he styled Quinta Brunson, uh, who is the creator and lead actress from Abbott Elementary. She won an Emmy last night and she looked absolutely phenomenal uh it was interesting because in the show she plays kind of a frumpy elementary school teacher but honey she turned it out last night and that was a look she was serving and uh got to give a special shout out to him and uh, also i had a good friend uh he has not been on our show but a lot of our listeners will know brian or brandon kyle goodman uh he does messy mondays over on his instagram account and social media fantastic uh he's in big mouth on netflix and a few other projects but he actually got invited uh by a friend as a plus one and was on camera more than the host like he was the center table right off the stage and he sat there at one moment and oprah came out and gave a a little bit of a speech at the beginning of the show and he sat there with his jaw on the floor and it was just so fun to see a friend of mine uh, out there sort of like winning in that moment. Also, our very own Dr. James Simmons was there last night. He went to the Emmys as well. Oh, yeah. So boy. Some shout out, a little queer love, if you will. Uh, Ariana DeBose, also uh, presenter last night, looked fantastic. But it was a great night. I want to let you kind of share bits and pieces throughout the morning. Uh, but before I get ahead of myself, I think it's probably time for some news on the beat. You got it, babe. Well, uh, divisions over LGBTQ-related policies flared recently at several religious colleges in the United States. A group of students, faculty, and staff at the Christian University, uh, Seattle Pacific University, sued leaders of the board of trustees for refusing to scrap an employment policy barring people in the same-sex relationships from full-time jobs at SPU, The lawsuit filed in Washington State Superior Court requests that the defendants be removed from their positions. It asks that economic damages in amounts to be determined at a jury trial just be paid to anyone harmed by the LGBTQ uh, hiring policy. This case is about six men who act as if they and the educational institution they are charged to protect are above the law, the lawsuit says. While these men are powerful, they are not above the law. They must be held for their illegal and reckless account. All right, let's get into a little bit of weather. It's really cooling off. It's going to be a high of 86 in Vegas, a high of 80 in New York, 83 in Los Angeles, uh, 93 in Palm Springs, 92 in Houston, 69 in San Francisco, 68 in Buffalo, a high of 93 in Cathedral City, 91 in Dallas and a high of 76 in Boston that give us a vibe of the day. There is nothing impossible to those who will try. Just keep trying. It's like Dory said in Finding Nemo, just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Just keep trying, guy. All right, coming up, a school for queer kids just became a reality. Find out why it's so needed and how you can go Coming up in seven minutes. The Morning Beat, Channel Q. Listen, we're talking about the Emmys, of course, but let's uh, shift gears and head over to the box office for just a moment uh, because we still do not know. And I don't know if you're a fan. I know that you're not a huge fan of movies, Michaela, I, as much as I am, but <laughs> who's going to play the next 007? 
James Bond. I don't know. Daniel Craig did it for uh, the last decade or so and was iconic. Uh, and 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 I didn't think I was going to love him at first because I was like, I was a. You're always sort of a fan of whichever Bond you grew up with. And I grew up with Pierce Brosnan. He was my James Bond. But then you know others you know who came maybe Robert Moore maybe you were around during that era. Sean Connery was an icon. Uh, but Daniel Craig more than held his own. But we're hearing more and more rumors. Uh, that that they could actually take James Bond in a different direction. You know, I think the conversation has basically been, will it be a black actor who finally plays James Bond? Uh, Idris Elba was a name being tossed around for a while. Uh, the dude from Bridgerton, he's been tossed around, and that could still very much happen. However, here are some members of our community that I think uh, might be a great option for James yeah, Bond. tell me. I want to hear what you think. Uh, are you a fan of Luke Evans? Uh, yeah, I am. I actually am. He's such a cutie. and uh, So cute. He starred in Beauty and the Beast. Uh, he recently said that um, that he would be open to sort of playing that character and doing sort of a spinoff from Beauty and the Beast, like a more gay version, if Disney were on board. I could get down with him. Also, speaking of Bridgerton, Jonathan Bailey. He's a little hottie. And yeah, he uh, he is gay in real life uh, and plays a straight man on Bridgerton might be a good option. I think Sam Smith was great. Uh, Matt well, I think it's so funny that they threw in Sam Smith because uh, like you kind of just get double the reward. He could sing the theme song and yes. then also be uh, the superhero. So you kind of get all the money's worth. Yes, I actually love that they decided to throw in Tessa Thompson. Yes. Uh, I think she's incredible. Uh, super, super female empowered. And that would be really exciting to see a woman kind of take over and not be necessarily like the Charlie's Angels of it all, but like the actual yes. lead character. I'm down with that. And of course they threw in like Angelina Jolie and Megan Fox because those those women have done like sort of action movies before. Mm-hmm, so I think right. people really, really like them. Uh, they're really good options. I also like, uh, there's an actor named Jeremy Pope and and I've followed his career oh, for quite yeah. a while. And he was in the, the, the Hollywood movie. Uh, series that came out a couple years ago ryan murphy did i think early pandemic he'd be a great option uh and and somebody who i believe is in our in our world also happens to be black uh when, when it comes to movie casting and i think this is an interesting conversation because we're seeing it right now um with hallie of chloe and hallie who was just uh named you know a couple years ago as the new little mermaid and the trailer came out and we talked about it on the show yesterday but but she's a black woman playing ariel and, and there's a lot of racist backlash happening online right now. Um, but when it comes to these characters, what do you think what do you think like is the most important thing? Do you think that that we need to diversify every character just for the sake of diversifying? Or do you think that it, it really just comes down to who is best for the role? Like what do you think it actually comes down to and what's more important to you? You know, for me, it really is just who's best at the role. And I think that uh, something like James Bond, I don't care if you're a woman, I don't care if you're black, I don't care if you're white, just be the very best at the role because it's such a legendary yeah. uh, uh, role. And I don't think that it's, you know, I, I wouldn't give the role just because she, like, like Tessa Thompson, if she uh, wasn't, 
better than some of the other actors coming in the room. I don't think it's worth giving her uh, the role. Well, to be I fair, you've got to be the best. Tessa's better than most actors. Have you ever seen? I know her? she's incredible. <laughs> so she could, yeah, she, she could act her way out of a shoebox. She's incredible. Uh, but yeah, I'm totally with you on that. I think that th- we live in an interesting time. You know, we we do live in an interesting time, and. I think that we get set on this idea of who characters should be because it's the first thing we see. And the first thing we tend to see mm-hmm. is whiteness and cisness. And those are the things that we expect. You know, you better believe someday, someday in our lifetime, they're going to be rebooting the entire Harry Potter franchise. You know they will. And at some point, there's going to be the argument that Harry Potter should be black or Latin or should be female, or should be queer, something. And that's one of those iconic roles that, that, or Luke Skywalker someday, like these iconic characters that are like these cis white, you know, men, hetero men, they're going to be challenged someday because, because honey, the studios like to make money, right? They want to make money. So they're going to reboot all of these things. And every time you reboot something, which is essentially what's happening here with James Bond, um, there's going to be a conversation. And I think it's great. And, and more diversity is always good, but I do want, like, the best actor or actress uh, for the job. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, last night was the Emmys, and we've got some of the highlights, including audio of Cheryl Lee Ralph. She was incredibly inspiring, and we've got that all for you coming up next. The Morning Beat, Channel Q. A big night last night at the Emmys. Uh, The best show I've seen in a long time. Michaela, I know you have some audio recaps for us. What's popping? Oh, yeah. It was incredible. It felt like an an old school award show. Yes. uh, Kicking off Cheryl Lee Ralph from uh, from Abbott Elementary had such an emotional speech. Everyone was in their feels. Let's take a listen first to what she had to say. an endangered species but I sing no victim song I am a woman I am an artist and I know Oh my God. Okay, so all I, the chills, all the energy, all the vibes. If you don't know Cheryl Lee Ralph, she's a Broadway icon. She was nominated for a Tony years ago for her role in Dream Girls, right? And and my husband is just a huge, huge fan of hers. And I just fell in love with her all over again in Abbott Elementary. It is the best sitcom on TV right now. It's every single episode is so funny. Uh, and she's so wonderful. You know, a little, couple little fun facts about this, though. Uh, literally, days before the Emmys, she realized that one of her co-stars from her show had the same dress as she did for the Emmys. She saw the sketch. She showed her, and she goes, oh, my God. So five days out, she had to find an entirely new look. And thank God oh she did. Oh, my God. Also, also made history. She is the first black actress to win in this category, supporting actress. Only the second one of all time to win an Emmy in this category. Uh, the last wow. one was Jack A. Harry. Uh, Jack A. Harry. Jack A. Uh, in 227 back in the day. And that was about 35 years ago. So this, That's it, crazy. It, it's her first Emmy nomination ever. Huge, huge well, moment. 
There was a lot of wins last night, including Lizzo also making history. She got very emotional with her Emmy win. Let's take a quick listen. When I was a little girl, all I wanted to see was me in the media. Someone fat like me, black like me, beautiful like me. (laughs) Just beautiful. (laughs) If I could go back and tell little Lizzo something, I'd be like, you're going to see that person, but bitch is going to have to be you. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of my favorite lines of the night, but bitch is going to have to be you. Oh. I love it. Sometimes there were so many. Last night felt like a really special night. Yes. Dean Smart won her Emmy. Uh, Murray Bartlett won uh, their first Emmy for the White Lotus role, which, if you remember White Lotus, incredible. He's a hottie. The gays uh, are loving him right now. He's fantastic. Loving him. Yeah. Jennifer Coolidge danced to the playoff music during uh, <laughs> the Emmys as well. I have to give a quick shout out to my buddy Gregory Arlt, who did her glam. She looked so beautiful. She looked stunning. Stunning. Mm-hmm. I, I, we have a short clip of her. I just want to hear her just because her speech wasn't the most amazing thing in the entire world. But just listening to Jennifer Coolidge talk is enough. Okay. Come on, Vanessa. I literally say we let's I listen have- to her talk and you play audio of them playing her off that she didn't even say anything, <laughs> Vanessa. Pull it together. Oh, Jennifer Coolidge. We'll get that audio later. She is just, I know she's an icon of yours. Uh you absolutely love her. Love. I'm obsessed with her. I love her. I think she's incredible. Uh, but yeah, the Emmys was great last night. And it felt uh, it felt like one of the old school shows. Yeah. So we love it. We love to see it. Yep. All right. Coming up, uh, we're having a conversation. What if you don't want kids? Is that okay? Will your friends? It's a conversation that's been coming up and we're going to have it. Coming up in the next hour. The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela. Channel Q. Coming up this hour, we're talking something that I think a lot of people are talking about nowadays. It's whether or not to have kids. And if you don't have kids, how will your life look differently? Are you going to lose friends? Uh, Are you going to be lonely at the end of your life? Um, The world is wild right now. And I just Mm -hmm. had this conversation with friends recently. Uh, friends who, like me, all wanted to have kids for the longest time, and now we're all sort of taking a step back and saying, do we, though? Do we want to bring kids into this world? And if we don't, what does that look like? Interesting conversation coming up this hour. Also, big changes coming to iPhone um, that we're going to be telling you about a little bit later on. And then, oh, Britney Spears. She is she is just all over the map when it comes to sharing her story and and, and she might be free, mm-hmm. uh, but she might also be digging herself a, a very deep grave right now. She's in some hot water and unfollowed uh, by another famous famous uh, celebrity. And you're going to tell us about that and what's popping a little bit later on. And then we will mm-hmm. have that Jennifer Coolidge audio for you from her Emmy speech because she's an icon, and we're going to make it happen this hour. Um, but. Uh, we have a big hour, big couple hours ahead of us. Uh, how you doing, Michaela? How's how's Vegas? What's what's the weather like there? Is it hot? Yeah, it's hot. You know, I'm doing okay. It's so funny that we're talking about kids today uh, because I'm here taking care of my mother-in-law, my Uncle Dino. Everyone knows I love my Dino. But I saw my baby yesterday, my little niece, Pooh. Um, and we have yet to experience this. She just turned six. And she, uh, when I said goodbye yesterday, 
she wept and sobbed and she said, please don't leave me. Don't go to California. Don't leave. And then I started to cry because I'm just an emotional hot mess. But she made me realize, like, I really do want kids. I feel like I'll be a good mom. But it was so devastating. Mm. So we're in Vegas. We're we're taking care of our family. Our family needs us. She's missing her daddy boy. So uh, we've been taking care of her, too. It has been quite the journey here in Vegas from wanting to celebrate the album release to uh, having to take care of my family, which I'm very happy to do. Not a problem at all. But it gets emotional. Yeah, adu- we're, we're emotional. Adulting is emotional. <laughs> the, the, yeah, the more, the more, it is. The more years you're on this earth, the more you realize you're going to have to deal with some stuff. And that's just the reality of life. Um, I hope it all works out for your family. Obviously, sending so much love. And um, that little niece, I, I can't figure out why on earth she would cry when you would leave. But I guess I, she has a different experience with you than I do. Oh, you, yeah. You walk out the room and I say, I'm ready to take a nap because she exhausts me. Um, I'll tell you what, she, I, her Zia is her favorite person, and I, I could not be more honored. I mean, to, to low key, very selfishly, when she was crying, I was like, "Wow, you have incredible taste. You're, yeah. you're so on the mark." I thought you were going to say, I, I thought wonderful. you were going to say incredible tears. That's why I was. I'm like, oh, you don't, you don't have an <laughs> ugly cry. Quickly before we get into news on the beat, though, does she actually love you more than her Zia Lisa? Because that's the real competition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Zia Lisa has the uh, has my nephew. She gets to have my nephew. Got it. And then I I got my niece. I, I'll tell you what though. We took them bowling yesterday uh, because they didn't have to go to school. So we wanted them to have like a fun experience because they they really are just missing their dad. Um, and she was cheering, yelling, screaming for Zia Lisa, who's a pretty good bowler actually. Uh oh. And. Uh, yeah. Oh, they were like on the same team. They were like high fiving, bumping chests, bumping hips. Love it. They were like buddies. Okay. I, I'm here for it. I like it. I yeah. don't, don't want to go yeah. bowling. We've been trying to go bowling for a long time. Not going to happen now because I'm a terrible bowler. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. Sign <laughs> for news on the beat. What do you have? All right. Divisions over LGBTQ related policies have flared recently at several religious colleges in the United States. A group of students, faculty and staff at the Christian University, uh, Seattle Pacific University, sued leaders of the Board of Trustees for refusing to scrap an employment policy bearing people in the same sex relationships from full time jobs at SPU. Uh, the lawsuit filed in Washington State Superior Court requests that the defendants be removed from their positions. It asks that economic damages in an amount to be determined at a jury trial be paid to anyone harmed by the LGBTQ uh, hiring policy. This case is about six men who act as if they and the educational institution, they are charged to protect or above the law, the lawsuit says. While these men are powerful, they're not above the law. They must be held to account for their illegal and reckless conduct. All right, let's get into a little bit of weather. It's going to be 93 in Palm Springs today, 93 in La Quinta, a high of 82 in New York, 91 in Los Angeles, a high of 94 in Vegas, 87 in Boston, 69 in San Francisco. Now give us a vibe of the day. There is nothing impossible to those who will try. Just try.
Yeah, just give it a shot. Love that. All right, coming up, uh, we are having a big conversation on what if you do not want kids? How does that change the dynamic in your friendship? Uh, We'll discuss in seven minutes. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. I'm Glennon Doyle, author of Untamed and host of the podcast, We Can Do Hard Things. On We Can Do Hard Things, my wife, Abby, my sister, Amanda, and I talk honestly about the hard parts of life. Join us and guests like Michelle Obama, Tracy Ellis Ross, and Brene Brown as we have refreshingly honest conversations. New episodes are out every Tuesday and Thursday. So listen to and follow We Can Do Hard Things, an Odyssey podcast, available now for free on the Odyssey app and everywhere you get your podcasts. The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela, Channel Q. That's Beyonce's Break My Soul, the Queen's mix uh, featuring the one and only Madonna. Two queens finally coming together, giving us the collaboration we never knew we needed. Uh, Super excited about that. A lot of cool collabs lately. Britney redoing Tiny Dancer, Hold Me Closer with Elton John. Some pretty iconic moments happening in in pop history right now. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's talk about this, though. This is an interesting conversation. This weekend I had it with my friends and a couple of my girlfriends who you know, they were in my wedding. And... uh, it's our church crew. Before the pandemic, we all used to go to church together. Well, uh, since the pandemic, we haven't, obviously, right? And we haven't really started going back. They are doing in-service, uh, in-person service again, but we're like, eh, the world feels different now. We don't feel quite as Christian as we did two and a half years ago, to be honest. And we're all at a certain age. Besides my husband, who's you know 32, the rest of us are in our 40s now. and Or, or, or one of my friends is 39, approaching 40 next month. And the conversation about kids came up. And this is one I'm hearing more and more in all of my friend friend groups. Because we're at that age. You, you hit 40 and it's like, uh, am I going to or not? You know? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. more and more people I feel like these days are not interested in having kids. A survey back in 2021 done by the Pew Research Center found that uh, 44% of people aged 18 to 49 are unlikely to have kids at all. That's, that's almost half. Is that wild to you that half the people that are our age do not want kids at all? Yeah. I mean, it's crazy, but also it's not. It's Listen, it's really difficult. I had my niece and nephew come into town uh, for my album release party. And so they were with me and life didn't stop. I was still really busy. I was doing the morning show and everything. And it was a lot of work. Mm-hmm. I was exhausted uh, by the time they left. And it's really difficult navigating 
work life, relationship life, and then having like two little kids, even my nephew, who's 12, like it's still a lot of work. However, I will say, I said this in the in, in the last break, there really is nothing like uh, your niece and nephew when they uh, they do love you. And yesterday I said, okay, I, I got to go back to California. Bye. Uh, I saw my niece and she wept, sobbed and said, please, the Amiga, don't go. Please don't go. Don't leave me. I don't want you to go. And it was so sad that I started to cry. But uh, the love that they have for you is is so special that it makes it all kind of worth it. So for me, I'm like super mom mode. Me and Lisa, we're, we definitely want to have kids. Um, and yesterday was kind of a reminder of that because I they're just so just so stupid and pure and gentle and adorable and wonderful. Well, and how, how about this then? Yeah. How about the other side of this then? Say you do have kids. Is our friendship going to change? Because that's another concern. I think that a lot of times if you hit a certain age and your friends are all having kids and you don't, do those friendships last? Uh, have you found, you have some friends who have had kids. Have you found your relationship with them has changed since they became, you know, mothers? No. I, I don't think it changes. Think I mean, you, maybe you, you guys don't that, go out. You think that you and Kim Caldwell still have the same friendship that you had in your 20s now that she has two children? Yeah. it's Honestly, it's kind of better. Okay. I'm okay. obsessed with her children. And uh, I see her as a different uh, type of old gal now. I mean, I, yeah. It, I don't so think it changes, it, but actually for the better, you think? Yeah. I think it changes for the better. Because our time is more quality spent. You mm. know, like. Whereas we used to go to the clubs and get drunk and hang out, you know, now we take our kids on bike rides and we have like that quality time. And, you know, Kim Caldwell's still a psychopath, so it's perfect. Like she <laughs> she didn't change so much with motherhood, but I feel like I'll be the same. Like I I won't stop being the same person, you know, that I am when we have kids. But um. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Just experiencing what I did yesterday, especially with my niece. I can't imagine not having kids. Yeah, I can't imagine. I never in my entire life imagined being unsure about it. I always thought I would be a dad. It was my only goal. And as I've gotten older, and I'll be honest, for me, I'm not saying this is for everybody, but for me, finding a relationship like I never thought I would find and, and and falling so deeply in love with my husband and having so much fun with him. We've been together 10 years. Our anniversary is coming up, what, in two days, our 10-year anniversary. And I don't think I ever thought that was going to happen because I've never seen a relationship like mine. I don't, like, none of my parents, my dad's been married four times, my, my, my siblings even, cousins, like, they all have a lot of great relationships, but not, like, one that would be fulfilling enough to me, Right for who mm-hmm. I am and what I need. And my husband does do that and he fulfills all of those needs. And we've both, I think we love traveling so much and going out to dinner whenever we feel like it that we're slowly coming to the realization, maybe we just want to hang out forever, you know? But then of course that that fear creeps in your mind. What What happens if you lose your partner? Like what if you are married to somebody and all of a sudden five, 10 years down the road, one of us isn't here anymore? Then it's a different conversation because mm. I don't want to be lonely. I don't want to be 60, 70, 80, 90 years old and be by myself. 
necessarily, you know what I mean? And not have kids that I can, you know, guilt into coming and taking care of me and spending holidays with me. Um, but it's an interesting conversation and it's just expensive. Everything's expensive now. So it's a lot of factors, a lot of things. Uh, the world is changing. The world seems like it's on fire half the time. So like who wants to bring a kid into that? But I will be a great uncle to your kids. I will do that. Yeah, you will. Oh, okay, you can be CEO. <laughs> just, yes, just don't call me gunkle. I hate that word. No, no, just CEO. The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. Welcome back to the show. We have a great uh, hour coming up for you. Right now, though, we're talking about the new iPhone. Uh, all sorts of new things coming to the platform. Michaela, uh, you're you're an iPhone user, yes? Yes, totally. And you love it. Love it. Obsessed. Okay. We're well, going to love this because the iOS 16, uh, it's now downloadable, I believe, uh, allows you to edit text messages after sending them. Have you ever sent something and then you realize, uh, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, I need to fix that or delete it or change it? Uh, yes, a thousand percent all the time for sure. Okay, I'm saying this because I know you did it one time with our boss in a, in a group thread one time and you were super embarrassed. A joke didn't quite land and it, it was it was an awkward situation for everybody. Uh-huh. Um, but with this new update on the iPhone, you have 15 minutes. 15 minutes after you send something where you can edit it, assuming the other person is not read first. That could save a lot. Because here's the thing. Have you also ever been the type that maybe on Twitter or Facebook, social media, Insta stories, you get on there and you start just going on a rant or you're an upset with somebody, you shoot off a text message and then it, it maybe because my partner always tells me if I get really hot, he's like, don't respond right now. Take a breath. Don't get on Facebook and argue. Don't respond with a mean text or whatever. And try to make your point. Just take a breath and maybe you'll feel differently in a few minutes. I was like, oh, stop it. I know exactly what I'm doing. And I shoot off a text. And sure enough, 15 minutes later, I usually feel bad. <laughs> or I feel stupid. Yeah, uh, of so, course. So maybe of the 15 minute sort of buffer is a really good idea. Yeah, I think it's great. I mean, listen, I sent a text just the other day that after really thinking on it, I was like, oh, my God, I, I wish I wouldn't have said it like that. It was so rude. Um I, you know, I, I wish I could have done it differently. And so I, I think that's good. And especially with technology, with all of the advancements that we've made, it seems weird not to have that feature mm -hmm. to be able to remove. Yeah, I will say on Instagram, and I think this is so funny to me, you can now go into your DMs, read something, but if you don't want the person to see that you've read it, you can mark it as unread. So that um, oh wow, you, you can open it, but then uh, so they don't know you're actually it. reading because oftentimes if you're DMing somebody right. and you see they're active, you know they're there and they're reading your things, and it shows the oh wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, you can mark it as unread. Well, I definitely for years have have switched because on on iMessage, if somebody reads your message, you know you know it's been read, right? But you can choose in your settings in your iPhone to make sure they never know if you've read it or not. And I have that chosen. I don't want anybody to ever know if I've read a text. Because sometimes, here's what happens a lot of times with text. You might read into it and think, oh, they read it and they're ignoring me. They must be mad at me. Then you start creating all of these scenarios yeah. in your head. But they actually maybe were just waking up or were in a meeting or, or going to the restroom or something. 
and couldn't give you or they're driving and they couldn't give you a response at that moment. So while you're spiraling, feeling like the world hates you, this, spiraling. this other person might be like, well, I'm not going to be free for three hours. I'll get back to you then. And by that point, if you're anything like me or Michaela, you might like create scenarios in your head. Then you might just follow up. Never, you know what? Never mind. I don't want to hear from you anyways. That's fine. And yeah. They're like, yeah. I was, at, I, was at my, I was at my grandmother's funeral. Sorry I didn't get back to you. <laughs> then you feel like an idiot. Yeah, a little sweet idiots. Uh, yeah, I think it's great. I love the advancements that can be made. I think that a 15-minute buffer is totally cool because uh, people pop off. I am included in that. <laughs> so I think it makes sense. Uh, all right, coming up in What's Poppin', uh, this legend has unfollowed Britney Spears after her latest rant. Find out who it is and why. Coming up in What's Poppin'. Good morning, Beat. Channel Q. The genie has gone back inside the bottle, apparently, and unfollowed another one of her colleagues in the process. What am I talking about, Michaela? What's popping? Oh, God, I love that. That was actually very clever. The genie is back in the bottle. Uh, Christina Aguilera has unfollowed Britney Spears after her body shaming post. Uh, the social media snub came shortly after Britney Spears posted a lengthy caption Monday afternoon that read in part, if I had Christina Aguilera's dancers, I would have looked extremely small. The toxic singer penned the message alongside a quote attributed to Rodney Dangerfield that read, I found there was only one way to look thin, hang out with fat people. Uh, Britney Spears has received immense backlash. Uh, someone did say body shaming others is not the move. Another said you need to delete this. Uh, someone else said this is rude, disappointed in Britney. Uh, people are upset and Christina Aguilera definitely unfollowed her. Um, I mean, we've talked about this a lot. Britney Spears has the freedom to do what she wants now, but is she using it wisely? Uh, you know, she's got mental health issues. I think that everyone wants to say free Britney, take care of Britney. I was absolutely um, a, a totally a fan of letting her be free and do what she needed to do. But with that freedom uh, comes a lot of responsibility. And I don't know if she's ready to handle that. Also, I don't know why she would come after Christina Aguilera when Christina Aguilera has showed her a lot of support, uh, including just a few months ago on the red carpet when Christina uh, did not talk about Britney Spears in an interview, but only because she talked about her a few days prior saying that she deserved the freedom uh, to do whatever she wanted. It's just just very weird behavior. Well, it's a stark contrast to, you know, Lizzo last night talking about her historic Emmy wins uh, and then giving a shout out to all the big girls from her show, The Dancers, right? And how she's changed all of their lives and how they changed hers. And they were seated way up in the balcony. She gave them a shout out during the Emmys and and celebrated their curves and their thickness, right? Because there's so much beauty and power in that uh, celebration. All of our bodies are different. We all you know, have to come to terms with what our body is or is not. And everybody's beautiful, right? But Britney still kind of comes from the era where we were all taught that we had to be rail thin and chiseled in order to be beautiful or acceptable in the world. And she's not really with the times. I feel like she's kind of stuck in 2001 mentally. And uh, that's unfortunate because I mean, 
why shame Christina's dancers? Do you know what I mean? They're yeah, just they're just why? people earning a living. Yeah, it's it's just so rude. And and leave Christina out of it as well. Like you you don't have to bring her into this. I think it's just gross. I think that um uh, it's just very problematic and it shows where Britney Spears is meant where her mentality is. And when she does stuff like this, it unfortunately only makes her family look like they're not as crazy as they really probably are. That part, that part. Well, you know what? Speaking of uh, somebody who's been considered a little crazy over the years, we did promise you in our last hour we'd get you some audio from Jennifer Coolidge and her win last night for White Lotus. She's an icon in her own right. I know that Michaela and I both love and adore her, but listen to her hysteric—like hysterically accepting her Emmy last night. Hey, hi. Wow, thank you. Gosh, I just, um, what a night. <laughs> I, um, mm-hmm. I just want to say, uh, you know, to my fellow nominees, um, just to be in your company, it, it's incredible. And, um, you know, I, I just want to say, um, you know, I took a lavender bath tonight, and, um, <laughs> right before the show, and it made me swell up inside my dress. So if you're going to listen, if you're going to body shame anyone, it's only ever okay for you to body shame yourself, even if that's not always the healthiest thing to do. So she did a little bit of that. That's more acceptable. Britney Spears, take a page out of her book. Yeah, Brett. And then delete it. Okay. Yes. Just delete the whole post. All right. Coming up, uh, we have a specialist joining us to talk about the grieving process of an animal and how to fill that gap with the Rainbow Bridge coming up. Good morning, Beat. Channel Q. Here's what I love about TikTok, right? Not just the fact that my videos can get a lot of views there (laughs) as opposed to other platforms, which is really fun, but there's something for literally everyone on TikTok. Mm -hmm. You can go down so many rabbit holes. Uh, One of them I've gone down recently is watching people uh, put new... Um, horseshoes on on horses, trimming their hooves, cleaning them out, and, and nailing horseshoes on. It's the most fascinating thing to watch, right? But that doesn't really help me. It doesn't really help anybody other than the horse and the people who are you know doing what they do. So when we came across this person uh, who has made a whole TikTok sort of persona out of helping those who've lost pets understand the grieving process when our pets go over the rainbow bridge, uh, is our next guest, Jackie Pagan, who is the founder of one of the largest pet loss support communities across social media, also known as Rainbow Bridge Reina, I believe. Uh, is that how you say it, Jackie? How are you, by the way? Yes, I'm good. Thank you. Is it Reina? Yes, Rainbow Bridge Reina. Perfect. Let's talk. Yes. Let's talk about this, and and let's let's go back to the beginning. Uh, where did you come up with the idea? to go on TikTok and to talk about this topic? Well, like so many others, during the pandemic in 2020, I turned to TikTok for some relief. Uh, But right before the pandemic hit in February of 2020, my soul dog, Riley, passed away after a long Mm -hmm. battle with cancer. And I was feeling really low but also very isolated because we couldn't go out and see our friends and things like that. So 
I turned to TikTok to just start talking about it to see if others were also grieving as deeply as I was because there's really no um, there's no guide for how mm. long this yeah. is supposed to take. And other people around me who had not experienced the same deep bond that I had with my dog were expecting me to kind of, you know, move on or move forward. And I was stuck. Mm. So it's, I just started. Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. I, I, I was just relating to you. I, I also lost my dog in uh, 2020. He passed the same day that my grandma did. And I, oh I feel you so deeply. It's like, there's just no way to console or explain how you feel. And I, I feel like people don't get it until it happens to them, um, exactly. which is why it's so special what you're doing. Cause it, it just really makes people feel so seen and validated for grieving over the death of, of their pet, which for so many is like their children. Yes. Oh, I'm so sorry that your dog passed as well as your grandma. Um, Thank you so much. Raina came from, I think just it's easier to talk when you, for me, when I was just someone else, I guess, you know, you're showing up as like a character. And so people kind of, I felt like they could hear me better when I had my wig on and my makeup and, you know, stuff like that. Well, just clarify for our listeners who haven't seen you on TikTok. By the way, go check her out. She's fantastic. But for those, who who is exactly is Raina for our listeners who who don't know? Yes. Raina is a make-believe character who is the customer service agent slash greeter and welcomer at the Rainbow Bridge. So she is the first person that the the pets see when they leave earth essentially i love it thank you and i love the wigs i love the colorfulness of it all mm-hmm. you definitely are speaking to a, an lgbtq radio station right now and you're yes. speaking to our hearts as well um it's really fascinating because i didn't fully understand it like when michaela lost her dog i was like okay this is sad i get it and i my family had lost dogs growing up but it was not until I became a pet owner. I, I became a pet owner around the same time, within a couple of months of Michaela losing her pet. And uh. I remember, I was just telling this story a little bit ago. A couple nights after we got our puppy, he was maybe 10 weeks old at the time, I was holding him on the couch, and I started getting teary-eyed, and I said, he's going to die someday, and I'm not going to be able to deal with that. Yes. <laughs> that might be 15 years away. But it's a really, really like real thing that if, if you are a pet owner, the Queen of England talked about not getting another pet when she was a little bit older because she didn't want the pets to outlive her, right? She has her corgis now yeah. going to live with Prince Andrew, uh, which is going to be a whole different situation for them. But yeah. what are some tips? Like, If you have like two or three tips you could give to those who might be either afraid to get a pet because they're afraid of dealing with the grief or they're dealing with the grief right now and they need some pointers because – it can be very isolating, like Michaela said. You might feel kind of crazy, yeah. like nobody else understands it, but it is a real thing, this grief. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so for people who are uh, like worried about getting a pet because of the grief that will come, it's really the trade-off is so much the good outweighs the bad. The mm. pros outweigh the cons. The love that you're going to have with that animal is you'd never trade it once you start feeling it. It's it's okay. You know, grief is coming, but grief is a part of life. So for somebody that is now in the pet loss stage, my number one thing would be to, there's no timeline. Don't worry about mm. how long it's taking you. Don't rush yourself. 
there's nobody to tell you if it's right or wrong. And it's, if people around you don't understand, that's okay. You're not alone. There are others that are here experiencing the same thing around the world. And we are out there waiting for you to welcome us. Mm, that's so beautiful. That's so sweet. And I, and I I really will say that there's just nothing like it. Our little doggy Bruno has gone blind uh, just kind of overnight. It's It's been pretty crazy. And so we've been really like oh. taking care of him and, and just loving on him. Not sure, you know, when his time will be, you know, yeah. to, to cross that rainbow bridge. Um, and so to have somebody like yourself, like I said, just really validate the experience of us, of our listeners, of, of the relationship that we share with our pets. Uh, it feels so good because it, it really, there's just nothing like it. The animals that we have are so loyal and so just happy to have a little bowl of food and a kiss and a hug and just yes. the purest, sweetest little babies, whether they're dogs or they're cats or whatever, you know, well, parrots, mostly, whatever. Mostly dogs, let's be honest. We don't, we're not, we're, we're not really cat people, Michaela. No, just totally kidding. Uh, but thank you, Jackie, for all you're doing. Where can our listeners follow you on TikTok? Yes, uh, across all social media, I am, if you search Rainbow Bridge Reina, you'll find me. But on TikTok, I am at Jackie Pajan. And that's J-A-C-K-I-E-P-A-J-A-N. But if you search Rainbow Ridge Reina, you'll find me. Perfect. Thank you so much. Perfect. Thank you so much, yeah, Jackie. Thank you for all you're doing. Yes, absolutely. Thank you, guys. All right, coming up, what should stop being socially acceptable in 2022? We discuss coming up next. The Morning Bee Channel Q. All right. If anything, the pandemic has uh, sort of shifted our value system, right? For many of us, we've taken this time to sort of just reevaluate what matters to us, what's important. And also by slowing things down, I think we've been able to pay attention to some problematic behaviors that as a society, we've just accepted for far too long. And so the, this is why this conversation is trending on social media right now. Uh, Things that are no longer socially acceptable in 2022 that we need to let go of. Uh, you know, our producer shared a couple with us that really popped out to her. Uh, one, people asking couples when they're going to have a baby. It's rude and intrusive, right? And and people have started asking us since we've gotten married now. We've been married two and a half months and people are already asking. Um, and also people listening to loud music on their phones in public especially on public trans mm. on transportation. It's the weirdest thing. Uh, but are there any things that, you know, and we kind of talked about this a little bit with Britney Spears uh, going off on Christina Aguilera's dancers, kind of body shaming them. Uh, what things are sort of not socially acceptable to you that maybe you were okay with two years ago? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I think that for me, what I would like to see is... Um, some of the television shows getting canceled that are made to like pit women against each other, like the housewives franchise. I feel like we watch these women like tear each other apart and it's just so not helpful. Mm. And it's like so weird. And um, I think that the reality television shows that were really popular a few years ago were only really popular because of the drama that ensued. And I think that like the drama is so unnecessary now. And I think a lot of 
people feel like that. Like um, even with uh, the new show Selling OC or, or what is it? Selling, yeah, Selling um, the OC. Yep. Yeah, there was so much drama and people, uh, at least for me, were not feeling it. I just I didn't like it at all. Uh, I missed watching Selling Sunset where all the girls look so fabulous and are so cute with each other. Um, and I, I'm just tired of seeing women being pitted against each other. It's gross and it's unnecessary. I'm all for that. I think also a couple things that st- stood out to me on maybe a, a, a less entertainment-based note, but one that I think a lot of people can relate to is working while sick. I think that in the past, Ooh, before yeah. the pandemic, people always thought, well, I'll just, I'll just suck it up. And we were always taught just, just get through it right? Still go to the office or still be around people and do what you have to do as if that were like a badge of honor. And this is kind of similar to something we talked about a few weeks ago with kids having perfect attendance. As a parent, is it really your goal for your kids to have perfect attendance or is your goal for them to be mentally healthy and physically healthy, right? Because oftentimes we push ourselves, especially in the past, to show up when we're not feeling 100%. And Mm -hmm. to some degree, we always have to do that, right? You might not want to go to work every single day. There might be – today I woke up and I was like, gosh, I wish I could call in sick, right? I just didn't sleep very well last night. But I'm not sick. I'm fine. So I came to studio and I'm doing my job. But Mm -hmm. on other days where we actually are sick, you know, many employees have weeks and weeks of paid sick time available to them and they use none of it because they're afraid, they're afraid of, of sort of retaliation from their job, from their boss, if they actually don't show up. And they're afraid of looking like they're maybe not a really great employee, whether or not they're valued to begin with. You know, And that's, totally. that's a different conversation. Yeah. I also, according to this article, on a lighter note, but I think it's hilarious, um, honking your horn while in traffic. What yeah. do you want me to do? Drive through the cars, blocking the road? Oh, my gosh. So deeply. So true. I, I literally, and I've had to get better about this, but uh, just a few months ago, this guy was honking at me and I was so mad that I just put my car in park and I uh, did not move because I was so irritated with the way that he was honking because he was being so rude and I don't know really what you want me to do. I'm not willing to get myself, you know, like in a car accident Mm -hmm. and you can clearly see what I can see and uh there's cars coming, well, so, wh- like, shut up. While we're in the car, I'll just throw in a couple of my own then. One, uh, stop texting and driving. Get off your phone. Yes. Everybody get off your phone when you're behind the wheel of a car because you're literally driving, a like, a two-ton murder vehicle. Like, right? Mm-hmm. It's a weapon. A car becomes a weapon if you're not using it accurately or properly. Uh, so get off your phone. It doesn't matter if you think you're just glancing for one second. I'm guilty of this as well. I, I like to think, well, I'll just look when I'm at a stoplight or a stop sign. Just put the phone away. Put the phone on charger, put it inside your console, and don't touch it, right? Uh, And on that same note, uh, because this is just as dangerous, don't drink and drive. Nowadays, we have Ubers and Lyfts and taxis everywhere. I don't care where you live. You can get an Uber or find a friend or a family member to come pick you up. Just don't do it. Um, So those are a little bit more serious. But, uh, yeah, the honking... Don't. What are you going to do? We were going to Dodger yeah, Stadium the other night to see Lady Gaga, and people started honking. You're like, where do you want me to go? I'm trapped between all of the. What, what would you like me to do, sir? That's I, yeah. That's what it is, and I've literally had to start. But you know, it's so funny. I, I mean, it's not funny because I have a bad temper. But when I do uh, ask them what they want me to do, they really don't have any kind of, of answer. So when you call them out, 
it is kind of iconic because uh, they don't have an answer for me. And then I feel very validated. I just love the idea of you sitting in a parked car blocking traffic. That's just iconic to me. (laughs) Oh, my God. Well, you know, it makes me mad. You know, I'm so mad about it. So I just sit there (laughs) pouting. The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela. Channel Q. Welcome back to the show. It's time for our last round of What's Poppin' for the Morning. Michaela, what do you have for us? Um, Okay, well, Drew Barrymore was sobbing as she reunited with her ex, Justin Long. Uh, Drew Barrymore and Justin Long are back together to reflect on their on-again, off-again three-year relationship in a preview clip for the season three premiere of The Drew Barrymore Show. The 47-year-old Charlie's Angels star got very emotional during her reunion with Justin Long. Let's take a listen. I feel like we've been through so much together, too. You know, I feel like when we used to, like, talk and FaceTime, I was always like, you know, I've really grown up, Justin. Like, I always wanted to prove to you what a different person I was than when we dated. You were the best. I mean, I mean we had so much it's fun. Fine. No, I know. It was a different But we time. were, you know, more hedonistic, <laughs> more immature. Yeah. You know, we would get together. We would break up. You know, yeah. there was chaos. It was hella fun. Fun chaos. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah. Most hedonism is fun. <laughs> hedonism is fun. I like it. Oh, this is so sweet. She goes on to say that she was very, very much in love with Justin, really because he was just so funny. The sharpest wit. And she said, you know what, uh, ladies, uh, there's a few reasons, but comedy is definitely the reason that I loved him. I think this is so cute. And I think we should normalize being friends with our exes. Sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. I think in this situation, it wasn't a toxic breakup. They just didn't. It was, it was the wrong timing. And I definitely am friends with some of my exes. One of them came to my wedding. And... Certain exes of mine, I've probably got maybe one or two in the past that had we met at a different time in our lives, I think our story would have been different. I think I I inevitably would have ended up married to the man I'm married to now because he's I just adore him. Um, But maybe the relationships wouldn't have been quite so toxic uh, for whatever period of time they actually did last in the past. I think this is sweet. Some people see this. Our producer thought it was a little bit cringeworthy that she's talking to our ex, but also our producer, Vanessa, you're not really big on emotions, to be honest, when it comes to like personal relationships. <laughs> Listen, I texted Vanessa the other day, I love you. And then she texts me back, I love you too. And I was like, oh my, oh my God. God, she texts me That's back. so funny that you say that because when I texted it, I was like, I think she's going to know this is a big deal for me because all I wanted to do was just stamp it with a heart. But I was like, <laughs> all the time, yeah. I love you no, too. Oh, my girl said, I love you too. And I was like, oh my God, it's a big deal. She never says that. Well, I came into the studio this morning and she grabbed me and gave me a kiss and told me she loved yeah, me. I was like, yeah. Vanessa, what's going on? What's going on with you, lovebird? Completely kidding. But <laughs> no, I, I hear it does make some people uncomfortable. I've always been. I think also, I think as queer people, uh, we have. Uh, we're friends with our exes oftentimes because the community is so, lo- or so small. That if we stop being friends with all of our exes, we have no friends. Like, we're going to run into them at some point. So you got to <laughs> figure out how to play nice. So I'm cool with this. Yeah, I think it's great. You spent uh, a very short or long amount of time with your ex in very intimate ways. And I feel like if you can, as as long as they were respectful and kind to you, you, you can be friends with them. It's okay. That's kind of a nice thing to do. All right. Coming up in our final hour. Uh... 
we're talking about uh, workers who say uh, that maybe being a little butt kisser is the way to go. But do we agree when it comes to the workplace? We'll talk about it next. Good morning, Beat. Channel Q. All right, Michaela, what do you think it takes to get ahead in the corporate world? We don't really work in that world, uh, but there are many, many correlations to what we do, and we definitely do work for a large corporation. Uh, what do you think is is the key to getting ahead and finding success? Well, not to quote my niece, but you got to be a little bit of a booty kisser. Oh, my, I feel like- oh my <laughs> gosh. You're... <laughs> You're right on par. You know exactly what we're talking about because this is interesting. You know, yeah. I I I don't think I was prepared for this part of my adult life. The part where you have to really play the politics of whatever job you're at and really kiss the booty of whoever it is that is deciding your future at that job and one to uh, TikToker Uh, created a post recently uh, that's been viewed almost a million times already. And she's talking about exactly this, the question, what's something you are not prepared for about the corporate world? Listen to her answer. You have to be an ass kisser to get promoted. You can be the best, but if you're not good at kissing ass, you're not getting anywhere. If you weren't raised to glorify other people, you're going to be in your same job forever. This is really, really interesting stuff because a hundred, a hundred percent. But isn't it weird? Because it, on one hand, you can be like, "No, you just got to work hard, and 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 good work ethic always comes through in the end." Um, but I, I have not found that to actually be accurate, to be honest. And and sometimes I think being the best or the hardest worker can actually be to your detriment. Uh, and and I'm not alone on this. According to employment experts. Uh, there is some accuracy to this article uh, saying more often than not, those who rise are the ones willing to politic their way to the top while you were too busy working hard to notice you should be working the room. Uh, this is really fascinating stuff. This is all coming from a U.S.-based consulting firm called Negotiating Women, Inc. Uh, and they say that oftentimes what happens is if you're too good, one, you're taken for granted. And then also your boss might be a little bit threatened by you. They might think, uh, I'll just leave you right there because there's nothing, there's nowhere for you to go because I, I, I don't want to give you more because then you might challenge my position. But I don't want to give you less because we need you oh, to interesting. continue doing the work you're doing. So I'm just going to leave you right where you are. Yeah, that's wild. I mean, I think it's so funny. You and I, yeah, we don't we don't do like the corporate thing things so i don't know what exactly that's like but i i I will say i think just in life Mm. the more booty kissing you do the more people um appreciate it people look at the end of the day people just want to feel special and i think that uh you know you never want to be fake or uh you know annoying yeah but if you can make people feel special i think that's okay they love to see it. They love to feel it. Um, and it does sort of take that competitive edge off because it's like a sibling relationship it, almost. It, like, yes. you're both working super hard. Yes. And I think it's also sad because I think oftentimes women uh, or any type of minority uh, that have more difficult time, women in particular, because they're often seen as being problematic or braggadocious if they're, you know, letting you know, hey, I did X, Y, and Z and I would like a raise. Uh, oftentimes that's not seen as the same as when a man, a man would say that. And I will say from personal experience, 
I've shared the story in my book and I'll share it again. When I was let go of my talk show on Fox and I was replaced, part of the issue was that I, part of the thing that I struggled with afterwards was I had a co-host there and he, and he and I are, he and I are friends, uh, to this day. Um, but, uh, when I was let go, he was still, he was kept on and for a number of reasons, there were some, there were some other stuff going on and whatever, but he was okay being like, like the dopey sidekick and being, he was okay being teased a little bit by like the bigger celebrities who were, they were bringing on to replace us. And he, he played that game. He became friends with all of the, the producers all of the writers, he became friends with the entire team, and he went on to continue work and is still working to this day off of relationships from that show eight years ago. And so I remember watching him and be like, "Oh my God, you're so annoying!" Because I felt like he was, I felt like he was fake, right? And maybe he was. I think to a degree he kind of was, but he yeah, all, but he's doing his job. Yeah, but but the frustrating part was I could I could do the job which I thought the job was. To be, you know, kind and entertaining talent on TV. That's what I thought the job was. That's what I misunderstood. The job also, equally, if not more so, was, hey, be friends with every single person behind the scenes and get to know all of them and and, and make sure that you have some job security. Because at the end of the day, talent alone isn't enough. It really isn't. And I didn't get it. I thought... You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna separate myself and and I just gotta put my head down and work really hard and be prepared for every segment we do and every guest that I interview because that's the important thing, right? I thought what the finished product was was the important detail. When what I did not understand at that point in my career was it was all the other stuff, the going out for drinks after work, the the, the, the you know those things that really really mattered. And uh, I've learned I've learned my lesson. <laughs> well, basically, the point of the story is you got to be a little bit of a butt kisser. So yes. just make it happen. As my niece would say, do it, booty cheeks. <laughs> Tell me something good. All right, let's do it. If you listen to our show, you know I'm a huge fan of Lil Nas X, and I'm going to be telling you something cool about him in just a moment. But I, I do just want uh, once once again give a shout out to uh, some of the iconic Emmy winners last night. Jennifer Coolidge stands out to me. I know that you love and adore her. Um, yeah. And it's so interesting. We didn't really touch on this earlier, but she she credits Ariana Grande with revitalizing her career. Because a couple years back, when Ariana Grande, I think it was was it Seven Rings, was that the was that the music video or the one where yeah. where she had yeah. her come? She did all of the iconic scenes from like the old school like romantic like Mean Girls and all those movies, uh, and like when Kris Jenner made an appearance, and she is in love with Jennifer Coolidge and asked her to be a part of it, and because of that, Jennifer Coolidge says that I've been working ever since, and because sometimes people just forget you exist. It's like Brendan Fraser. Yeah. He's making a big comeback right now, too, and people kind of forgot he existed. Uh, sometimes you got to remind people. Uh, but also, spe- a special shout-out to her. But Lil Nas X, literally yesterday, while we were in studio, in between, uh, during commercial breaks, I got tickets to go see Lil Nas X in Los Angeles next month in October. I told my husband, I said, it's my treat. I can't wait. We got really great seats, like 10th row. Super excited about it. Uh, but also excited because... Lil Nas X has taken over the fashion world. The global pop superstar made his fashion show runway debut uh, this week when he walked in Coach's Spring Summer 23 fashion show 
in New York City. Now, Coach unveiled um, this line uh, featuring Lil Nas X. Uh, lots of black, lots of earth tones, lots of leather, and this year, lots and lots of Lil Nas X. He posted on social media. He's like, they done gave me a campaign. Like, what the what the heck is going on? But uh, he's a great ambassador, and uh, I, I'm, I'm going to go buy some Coach. I have a Coach wallet. Maybe I need to expand that. Get something else. Yeah. But uh, yeah. kudos to you, Lil Nas X. Go explore, Coach. Okay, this story is just so precious. God save the corgis. Prince Andrew and Sarah Ferguson uh, have adopted the Queen's dogs. Obviously, nobody thought about this, but when the Queen had passed away, uh, she left behind her beloved corgis, but they will be rehoused with her son, Prince Andrew, and his ex-wife, Sarah Ferguson. Uh, when the British monarch died last week at 96 years old, questions were asked about what would happen to her dogs. Her Majesty was famously a breeder of corgis. She owned over 30 of the poochies over the past 70-odd years. Uh, the hounds were almost all descendants of the first corgi she ever owned back in the 1940s, if you can even believe that, in 2018 after the last one she owned at the time. Uh, the queen said that she didn't want any more puppies as she didn't want to die and leave any young dogs behind, uh, but she didn't. Prince Andrew and his ex-wife have adopted the little baby doogies and I just love this story so much. I love dogs. Corgis are adorable, by the way. They are so adorable. And I will say this is a tell me something good, not because of who it, the dogs went to, because Prince Andrew is problematic AF. However, I think it's so funny because this feels like shade. This feels like like the queen was sort of shading her son because Prince Andrew is stripped of all sorts of titles because of his ties to Jeffrey Epstein and and to allegations about you know sexually assaulting women and things like that. He's been a, he's been a bit of a headache for the royal family for many many years, and the fact that the queen said I'm going to leave my dogs to you and your ex-wife and make you guys raise them together, I think it's just sort of iconic, and I love it. Oh, I love it so much. I love it. Um, all right, well that's the end of our show. I'm going to go run and snoogle Rocco and Bruno. I've I've been missing my little doogies so much. But as always, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we've got uh, some really great music curated just for you. And then tune in tonight to Loveline with Dr. Chris. As always, have a wonderful day. We'll see you tomorrow. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. 
We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.